I'm just going to pass over to Harith now. He's going to have a, he's got a couple of questions on climate change. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you, James. Uh, thank you, Nelson. Just just picking up on your work with the UN and what you said about net zero. As you may have heard, just yesterday, the UN Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, issued a stark warning uh, to our world leaders about the state of the planet. And he said, our planet is broken. And he urged every country, city, financial institution and company to adopt plans for a transition to net zero emissions by 2050. So I think probably appropriate for me to ask you now, what, what role do you see FIDIC having in promoting uh, environmental sustainability in construction and engineering projects? Yeah. Well, Harry, let me just uh, start by reinforcing what I said earlier that FIDIC's got three pillars. One is quality, second is sustainability, and the third one is integrity. And I can take and spend a whole day on each of them. <laughs> so if I pull off on the sustainability, as you probably know, just like we have contract committee, that produce FIDIC contract suit, which we are now talking about. We have a dedicated team within FIDIC, which is called Sustainability Development Committee, that is looking at these 17 uh, sustainability development goals that the UN have set. And as you know, consultants are in the front end of project definition and scoping, and also advising clients on what project they need to and how they should design, deliver, and run those assets. So it's intrinsically in our space to actually ensure that you know the design take high board the idea of the next zero idea. Now people said, you know, how do we achieve this issue? Uh, there is an existing asset, and there's a new build. And what we've done is that in our sustainability developing you know group, uh, we are looking at you know how do we take the seven seventeen sustainability development goal and interfere that in the consulting profession. So we look at every single slice of the goal and say what part of our work will interface to make sure we can actually take this agenda and build into a design solution. So we produce a lot of guides that you know our industry use, uh, like standard, that they're not ISO, but they produce them, they're available on our website. But we're actually putting a committee together to look at what is happening in COP26. Uh, and to start looking at this net zero agenda and to say where exactly can we help and if you ask me it comes in two forms part one is new build how do we design and take carbon out of our design solution from the material we use to the construction process and to where we run the asset so we are looking at that asset management and asset delivery and we're also looking on the existing where if you take in any Western society, you have a lot of you know, heating system available, you have a lot of energy being lost through the you know, house. How do you actually you know, take you know, the wasted of energy out of you know, the issue of properties? Uh, and you know, heating system that you're using, we change the system and looking at all that comes through. Then there's the issue about carbon capturing. How can we look at that from the industry perspective? We also look at you know, this design solution where we're actually doing a lot of work using material which require a lot of carbon that's going to come out of it. So we are looking at the various parts of asset development and asset management, and we come up with guides which we make available to our industry. We're already producing various guides. Thank you, Nelson. Very, very interesting. I mean, I definitely agree. It sounds to me like uh, consulting engineers are, are indeed very well placed to um, to, to helping clients achieve those 
you know, environmental sustainability goals. And I suppose it's a well-entrenched view that consulting engineers are in a better position than, say, lawyers, for example, who are preparing contracts and aren't actually involved in the design or, or, or developing the scope of work. So, have you ever thought about incorporating incentives and in, in the form of fitted contracts to to encourage participants to be more environmentally minded or sensitive? Is that ever something you've ever thought about? Yeah. Well, Harry, it is interesting you raised that because we've just been having a conversation with the World Bank, um, and I, I'm sure you do know the fitted contract document structure. You have your general condition, you have your particular condition. Uh, and, and the particular condition enable the client, and in this case, let's talk about the bank, opportunity for them to inject policies in their procurement process to enable green agenda to be built into that. Uh, and it's not just on green agenda, even on gender, you know, violent issue that has been talked about. And so, so I do believe that the way the contract is structured provides flexibility in the particular condition for the client to actually inject their policy, which will address the issue about net zero. I do know, for example, that the multilateral development bank, for sure, they've actually done that. They've put environmental policy into their contract, which they've adopted based on the Philip general condition by producing their own particular condition. And so that's taking the Philip particular condition and adding on their own special clauses, which they then can impose on any you know, borrower from them to say, if you are going to borrow money from us, here our agenda in the environmental area, and you must include this in the delivery of your project if you are going to borrow money. So if there is scope for improving what we have, Harriet, I'm sure we'll take it on board. One of the things we are doing now is look at our contract committees and sustainability development committee and said, just like we talked about, you know, golden principle, we said, can we look at principle of sustainability that we put as a guide for individual clients who we take the fitted contract document and said, I've got the standard particular condition. What are the menu that I can pull off from fitted that we can put in there so that at least we can inject that condition into our contract form? And that way, you got the green agenda built into the contract. You do not need to change general condition, but it's actually in the particular condition. And I can tell you, the American, the Inter-American Development Bank has done that. The World Bank has done that. Uh, the EBRD have done that, European Bank for Development and Reconstruction. Uh, Islamic Development Bank has done that. African Development Bank has done that. The Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank, the new kid on the block, you know, with a 20 billion capitalized, they've just done that. And guess what? They all adopted the Philly 2017 suit. And they mm -hmm. are now creating that green agenda in their particular conditions so that wherever, wherever they're spending money, there is an element of the green agenda. And I think it's a good way to go forward. But we are always open to see any ideas that come from the industry on how we can improve the condition. And what we said, just to try and summarize is, our sustainability development group and our contract group are developing a suite of menu that can be bought on, given to different clients to say, here's general condition, here's the particular condition, here are the things you can consider to be built in your particular condition so that you can address the green agenda. Interesting, and, and is that something that would be available to 
to project companies who are not using these MDBs and you know just using traditional project financing, for example, or not financing. You know, yeah, okay. I mean, I can I can tell you something. We have people like uh, you know IKEA who build you know stores all over the world, and they have their own green agenda. And they're using fiddly contracts. Okay, <laughs> so we have you know, people like ExxonMobil. They're operating around the world in more environmental sensitive issue, and they're using for the contract document, they have their own green agenda. So what we're looking at, you know, Harriet, is perhaps some of this private sector who are already very conscious on the net zero agenda, they've got some template, we can learn from them. We don't always have all the solution. And actually, let me just pause for a minute. Felix is not about somebody sitting in Geneva coming up with the idea. Felix is about looking through all our members around the world and beg, get the best practice and pull it together to make it a global standard. That's how FIDIC started. What you now know as FIDIC contract started from UK. It was the old UK IC condition of contract 60 years ago. We took apart from UK and we took it to the international world. We got the best idea together and we pull it together to become what it is today. And we are constantly improving that. The same thing with all our policy. We take policy idea from all over the world. We pull it together to make it more meaningful, and we make that a document that becomes best practice. That's what we do. Thank you, Nelson. And now, just, just moving on uh, to, to another topic, which I'm sure is in everyone's mind, given the prevailing influence that COVID-19 has had on each and every single one of us during the course of this year, I think I would be out of touch if I didn't ask you about the effects of that pandemic and what, what the effect it's had on FIDIC and, and your response in general to that. Uh, it's an interesting one. Let me just start by saying I, our condolences to all lives lost and to the families of those who lost people around the world. What has FIDIC done? Because we have members all over the world. We, we're not just looking about what happened in Geneva. We're looking about what's happening around the world. We had to stop. We, we convey a board meeting urgently to see what the implications are. We realize the business as usual is no longer business as usual. Uh, it's a completely new business model altogether. We have to respond very quickly. And because our job really is to try and understand what's going on in different parts of the world and try and provide a solution, we convey you know, 18 webinars in the space of 10 weeks, 18 webinars we started to look at, you know, what is the impact on our members in their countries? We brought all our MA together. We look at, you know, uh, issues happening to construction projects. What is the implication on construction project right now? New project, existing project, project coming towards the end. We start deep diving into what means for consultancy agreement, and that's a separate webinar. We then look at issue of force majeure. Uh, we, we dive into that. We brought people together to help us to debate that issue. We cover as much as communication, ADR, how do we resolve issue, and people's well-being. We address all the issues that you can think about within 18 webinars. And we had, if I can put it there, nearly 90 speakers from all over the world, uh, 150 countries participated in that. Uh, we have over 9,000 people that attended that webinar within space of 10 weeks. We put all our webinars on YouTube. We have over 10,000 people that's watched it on webinar. And we brought the best of the best, and we kept it free to the rest of the world, anybody to listen to the webinar. Because the only way, Harry, that we can get message and advice 
the industry is to listen to expert opinion who can respond very quickly. In addition to that, as we go through that, we're developing guidance notes based on the outcome of that webinar of what it means, what people need. We produce one for consulting industry as a guide. What does it mean for your business, your staff, your resources, your cash flow? We did that. We look at specific issues to do with risk management on site. We produce a dedicated document on that. We also look at, you know, contract. We took contract apart. We said, you know, wherever you are in the contract, how does this, you know, how would it impact you? And we produce specific guide on, you know, different scenarios that may happen. And those scenarios is not exhaustive. We are still adding onto those scenarios. Uh, and we consulted contractor. We brought client together. And what we did, you know, over that period was trying to support the industry as best as we can with the best brain possible and produce documents that can help the industry to move forward. Having said that, I think, you know, one can look back and say, could we do more? Possibly, yes. But in view of the fact of social distancing lockdown, I mean, the whole of my office in Geneva was locked down because we're close to UN, we followed the UN policy. So UN shut down, we shut down, all staff working from home, and yet we pull 18 webinars together from home. Speakers, everybody together. You could turn around and say, maybe nobody's going anywhere, and therefore people are available, but actually people are available, working, and one of the things we find out was productivity in the industry went through the roof. People are working harder, particularly in our space, and, and in the professional sector, both your space as legal profession and in the consulting, they were working. Uh, in the contracting sector, there are restrictions in some countries. And as you probably know, I was on Crossrail. We had a policy as a government policy. And the same issue applies in different parts of the world. My take on it really, uh, all right, just trying to sum up, is that in the area of contracts for FIDI, uh, there's always a question, should we amend the FIDI contract? I think the FIDI contract has an exceptional situation built into it. And there is five steps of things that you need to test. It's not a straightforward first measure because you need to think about jurisdiction, you need to think about what's happening in the government policy before you can actually say a situation is a is pandemic. And yes, it is a pandemic. And is the automatically first measure, maybe different part of the world, we have different view. So if you're coming from Africa where the impact is not so severe, they haven't stopped construction projects. But if you come from the West, where the world is like melting down, you cannot go out and government have to legislate that you close projects, it means different things. So the policy of the government, the regulatory issue that comes from government, all of that comes together. So we do believe that what we have within the contract that we have on the general condition is perfectly okay. But we are taking sanding areas from the industry to say, what other lesson can we learn? And is there scope for improvement in the way we define this sort of intervention? And how best can we resolve that? And most of the stuff we are really advocating to a lot of people and clients is please, please don't jump into litigation. Find a way to resolve this through alternative dispute resolution. There is a DAB and DAAV, which is the dispute avoidance and adjudication board that is available to help people through the project. Under the 2017, you have a DAB, which means you have a standing dispute board. So I do believe that you know a lot has been done by FIDIC, but it's never enough. It's never enough. And we have to continue to do because we don't know when 7 billion people can be fully vaccinated. Uh, there are four you know, vaccinations coming through at different pace and different sort of uh, you know, uh, 
guarantee or assurance, our view is that it's going to take us about two to three years before we can come out to some normality. And during that period, it's very important that FIDI continue to have his antenna out in such a way that we can find a good solution that is win-win. For some people we lose, some people we gain. There's a lot of lives that's been lost. We cannot bring them back. But those that are alive, we need to find a way to make sure that at least we bring the world back to normality, but it will be a different world.